0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I'm grateful for my favorite flavor, blue raspberry. As of this recording, I am 632 days sober, and today we are welcoming back friend of the pod, Joe. Welcome back, Joe. Thank you so much for
1: having me back. Thank you.
0: Yes, you, you were my first handful of guests way back in the day. What's been new this past year or so?
1: oh my god i was I was thinking about that so it's been a year i think it was january january twenty twenty two when we recorded within like three days of recording last time. my dad died, uh, which is obviously not funny, but was kind of expected and had been like had cast a shadow over most of twenty twenty one like twenty twenty one was a complete shit show for most of the world anyway and particularly in my in my private life and so my dad finally going he'd been ill for a long time it was devastating and also there was there was relief involved in that so that took up some of last year <laughs> there has been obviously a huge amount of family drama and i finally moved to the seaside i moved in in october of last year it took longer to make happen than i thought it was going to and but it's done and like i was telling you just before we hit record i have just come back from the beach like i i get to go to the sea every single day i get to see the ocean i get to salute and connect with with mama nature and so i'm i'm really it's been a t- tumultuous three three and a half years since mm. since i came into recovery and i i feel like i'm i'm in the right place things are Things are settling down in an
0: nice way. Excellent. Yeah. I can certainly relate to the love of being near the water, being I'm like 10 to 15 minutes from the beach. I don't go enough, but it's nice to know that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And coming back, why did you choose the topic Sober But Stuck?
1: I mean, it's kind of my bread and butter, right? Yeah. Like, with the, with the job that I do, with the coaching that I do, so my background is in life and business coaching, and then I ended up specializing in, like, in doing that with people in recovery, as well as doing, like, recovery coaching with people who are seeking to enter recovery. And so the Sober But Stuck is, it's the stuff that I love. <laughs> it's when people are like, okay, well, now I'm sober, and... and Holy fuck, I'm trans. How do I deal with that? or now I'm sober and like the the realizations of the the shit that we've been kind of blurring the edges in order to avoid seeing and avoid dealing with that's what I love working on people with in recovery like okay, great we've we've removed this huge obstacle of alcohol, other drugs other behaviors and now we get to climb the fucking mountain how are how are we gonna do that? So it's great. like I love being kind of a Sherpa, for the <laughs> I don't do any mountain climbing in like real life. <laughs> it's fun to do it with people, <laughs> metaphorically.
0: Yeah, I can understand. Yeah, and I love this topic because it was recommended by a listener. And out of like all the topics I send out to people, I remember, like I had a lot, a lot of people. We're gonna get a lot of different perspectives on this topic. So yeah. very excited to dive into it with someone with expertise and like talks about it all day. Because a lot of us were like, we're stuck and we don't know what to do. So let's talk about it for a mm-hmm. little while and figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But how do you reflect back on what it was like before getting sober for you?
1: I really do my best to to look back with as much compassion and empathy for that person as possible. And that is not to say that I don't have an absolute bitch in my head who's like, you were terrible. Nobody liked you. It was all your fault. I just tried to kind of move her f- as far away from the microphone as possible and tap into the you know, the, the compassion, the compassionate voice. I, I do truly believe that, you know, we don't beat ourselves up into recovery. We don't beat ourselves up into progress in our lives and we can't beat ourselves into healing or into growth. And so it doesn't help me to go over and, and be really mean to myself about the stuff that, that I did, the choices that I made, right? It's all, we survive in the ways that we can for as long as we can until we, we learn better and we have the tools to do better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that. If that's
0: yeah. And answer. I could I could definitely see that, that that being something that will help. Cause a lot of us are our own worst critics. Like I know f- yeah. for me, I will talk or say things about myself that I would never say about anyone else in my life that I care about, or even know, or like strangers, I wouldn't say these things to. So like, why do I think mm-hmm. it's okay to say them to myself?
1: Yeah. Do you have people around you who can gently call you out on that when you're being a mean to yourself?
0: Well, I've learned not to do it out loud because no one in my okay. family will stand for it. So it is mostly okay. internal self-talk. It doesn't come out because people will call me out on it immediately and be like, stop okay. it, Steve. So I, I, I do fight it. So like I, I do have to like look back on like the old person like that I was before getting sober with compassion. But I also think that it's Common, I, I've heard at least, and I've seen even, like, had moments where I kind of look back on the time before getting sober with, like, rose-colored glasses of, like, oh, it was, maybe it wasn't as bad, like, okay. m- maybe I'm just making it out to be worse because I am my own worst critic and I wasn't that much of a drunk or alcoholic and I have to, like, snap myself, mm-hmm. like, slap myself across the face and be just like, no, it it was bad and, like, it wasn't getting any better and you tried everything else and yeah. so i also think that like yes compassion certainly helps but also like also remembering how bad it was can also help too. be
1: realistic yeah for sure for sure yeah and saying like it might not have been as bad as other people but it was bad enough it was bad enough yeah. for me to need to change for me to want to change now i've done it i'm not gonna fucking go back
0: yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> and what sort of tools or programs did you use at first
1: so I I used denial at first, mm-hmm. but that was really helpful for the first few weeks and months. I I signed up for a, for a twenty eight day challenge. I was like, I'm just not going to drink for twenty eight days. There was no recognition of I'm an alcoholic, I'm an addict, I have a dependency. Like there was none of that shit. It was just I'm gonna. I had just yeah, I'd just been certified as a, a professional pro- professional certified coach, and was like setting up my my company and so I was like I'm going to take four weeks off the sauce and give myself you know plenty of energy and plenty of motivation and I'm going to get everything done and that that didn't happen I worked on my sobriety for four weeks full time I was in a group called one year no beer who were really helpful back then no I'm not going to talk about anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) how they are today they are helpful for some people and they're making money for the guy at the top uh, but it was really helpful for me to be part of a huge i think there was like 15,000 people at the time this huge group of people online some of whom were you know days weeks months years ahead of me some around my day count some coming up behind me and spending that much time talking to people without like i don't want to trash talk AA because again they have saved millions of lives and change millions of lives and done all of that but without the whole like I have to sit down and say I'm an alcoholic and this is a problem for me and blah 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 like I wasn't ready to do that a lot of people aren't ready to do that and so this was a great kind of intermediary step for me to to talk to talk about addictions and addictive behaviors with other people and kind of put you know some of my coaching skills to good use. So really, that community was that was a game changer for me because all of the the other people that I'd spoken about alcohol with were the other alcoholics who I surrounded myself with. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd be like, "Oh, it's been terrible that we're drinking so much wine." La la la. This is awful. Next time, let's not drink as much wine. And obviously, that never changed. So there was that. There was community, alcohol-free drinks. I probably downed a bottle of nasty-ass alcohol-free wine every night for like definitely for the first three months and alcohol-free beers all the time and I was just like I'm because I drank a lot previously like I was a I was functioning not too badly but I was I was drinking a fuck ton. and so I drank a fuck ton of alcohol-free drinks and I was kind of didn't it's not exactly denial, but like I was telling my buddy, it's fine we're we're still drinking a load of fun stuff just without the you know without the actual alcohol in it so that that was really, really helpful and that kind of tapered off slowly and then almost completely it comes back in handy if I have wobbly moments. it's great for like celebrations and stuff, but I am nowhere near drinking a bottle of what of you know, fake wine yeah. <laughs> at night anymore, which is fantastic. Like I just kind of trusted my body, and trusted the process and gave myself what my body was saying. Hello, can we have this please? For as long as it was saying that. Um,
0: yeah, I can certainly yeah. relate. I know that, especially back when I was in sales and doing all the marketing events, like I don't know what I would have done without alcohol free beer. <laughs> Cause like I was never yeah. even a beer drinker. So like I think that like if I had something that tasted like my drink of choice, like it might have triggered me. But I was like, I never like beer was ineffective at getting me tanked. So I never <laughs> searched for beer. But like net, like going out and like, having a non alcoholic beer when I'm a r- room full of people drinking, like if it it was a really nice like buffer at first. So I yeah. didn't, cause at, fir- at first I was like, everyone's going to judge me for not drinking. And now I realize like no one cares. Like they're too busy drinking to care about whether you're drinking. They're
1: too not. busy thinking about what what's in their glass. Yeah. Right. And am I drinking too fast? Can I afford the next drink? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah and how have sure. the tools that you use to keep you sober changed over the course of your recovery?
1: So therapy was another one. I was, I was in gentle therapy when I started from like, you know, I had been for years, that is continuing. Like it, it's, I think therapy is amazing. Therapy is not necessarily a sign that everything's awful. Therapy can be really helpful in getting good things to be great. And also like, you know, for people doing the the kind of work that I do, it's really good to have somebody else that we can just be like, you know, take our shit to. So therapy is, is still very, very important to me. Being coached is still very, very important to me. Alcohol-free drinks. Like I said, less so. 2021, I spent a lot of time in Wales at my sister's place on the coast. Uh, and so going to the water every day, like I grew up on the water. And then when I was 18, left and essentially spent 20 years like not on the water, <laughs> not on the coast. And so moving back here last October to, to the coast in, in Normandy, France, where I am, I go there every day. Right. I I go there every day and I connect to myself. I connect to the to the world to to nature, not to people. I don't I don't need to connect to any more people. (laughs) I'm just not it, it was interesting hearing you talk about the marketing life. Like there was a moment, probably within the first six months, there were a few moments where I was like, My life is changing too rapidly with the transition with um Quitting alcohol and then quitting nicotine and like you know my my life previously had been surrounded by alcohol and nicotine <laughs> like they were the two main ingredients and so I was kind of trying to keep old circles of friends old friendships going like it's fine it's still me I'm still the same person I'm just not drinking the same the same drinks anymore like I'm still gonna go to your parties and I'm still gonna ping around for twelve fucking hours while we talk about drywall, and everybody else gets drunk and so doesn't realize how boring this conversation is. And I'm gonna stay because I'm the same person. And now I'm just like, you know what? I don't give a fuck about what you're talking about. Like, I want to talk to people who are exciting, and I want to be able to go home when I'm ready to go home. Uh-huh. And sometimes that's two o'clock in the morning, and sometimes it's nine thirty yes. <laughs> at night. Right? <laughs> like, I'm sober, I'm done, and I don't have to prove myself to you anymore because. Yeah, like I am fully, not even okay with my decision. I'm super fucking proud of my decision to to get sober and to stay sober. And so that authenticity, that that confidence in our own selves and our own choices, I think is really important. Yeah. So I'm glad. To have it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can agree. And I, I love that the people close to my life all know that I go like my home group on Zoom is like at 9 p.m. every night. So like I and like I'm at the point now where I don't go every day, but I like if I'm having a rough day, I know that it's there at the end of the day. And so like at 830, everyone will check their watch and they're like, do you need to go, Steve? And like at that point, like I can make the decision of like, yes, I do need to go or like, yes, I, I'll I'll stay and I, I'll go tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's super
0: cool. Yeah. And you might have touched at it at the beginning of the episode, but what's one of the more difficult moments you faced in recovery?
1: Jesus. I mean, my world <laughs>
0: exploded. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got sober, then quit
1: nicotine, then realized I always knew, but came out as trans, like less than three months sober. Then my dad got diagnosed with cancer. Then the pandemic started, then I got COVID, then the, my COVID never went away, like I've been dealing with long COVID for, it'll be three years in October, then like, my dad not dealing well with me coming out, then his husband getting sick, then his husband dying, then like, family estrangement, not being able to visit my dad, then my dad died, <laughs> then he was ill, like, there have been a few peaks and troughs, like, okay. I feel like I've
0: how have you done but
1: that all sober? I the only way that I've done it all sober. I like hello trigger warning, but I think that if I was still drinking, I would be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, if I hadn't gotten sober when I did. And I've said mm-hmm. this to people, because quite a lot of people are like, you know, say that. How how have you done this sober? And I'm so glad that I got sober kind of by chance, right? Kind of at a random, random time there was no official rock bottom there was no dui there was no arrest there was no particularly scary situation and the fact that i was sober in order to navigate all of those things really helped me because otherwise there would have been i don't have a driver's license but there would have been some kind of dui there would have been some kind of police involvement and so for every boss level that i have fought i just thought thank fuck i'm already sober right thank fuck i've done the getting sober part, and now this is this is a big old challenge for me to stay sober through this. What was it? Chichi Chi said like if you if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah. And so like, if you, if you stay sober, you don't have to get sober again. Yeah. Right. I you love that.
0: Be- yeah. And so, how do you overcome ruts you may have encountered in your recovery?
1: I don't. I haven't. It. I haven't had enough like normal time. To
0: fall into a rut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there have yeah. been too many crises. Fair enough. Yeah, it's been like, quite the roller coaster. So it
1: has been a gigantic roller coaster. Absolutely. I am. I'm desperate for like an easy ass year where I can be like, oh my god, I'm so bored. What do I do next? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> like,
0: well, what kind of yeah. ruts do you hear people talk about? So a
1: lot of them are to do with relationships. Really, relationships with self, relationship with body, relationship with family members, really romantic relationships, family relationships. It's again, it's that thing of once you take the the beer goggles off, you're like, fuck, this is this is hard. It's true, particularly in the beginning. Like the only thing to do is is just not drink alcohol or to not use, and that is that is priority number one. But then that doesn't fix everything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, if only it would. That's when the work comes in, right? The work with the capital W, and that's where coaches come in. That's where therapists come in. That's where groups come in. Programs come in. Um, and... but I think, yeah, the communication that needs to happen. I think so many people who have who live with addictions or who live with other people who who have lived with and through addictions there's so much shame and there's so much secrecy and there's so much hiding like what we have been through and what we have done and what we are doing and what we are still going through now. And I think that it's really important to kind of undo that fear of if I share with somebody, something bad is going to happen, right? It's like, okay, if I share with somebody, maybe they can help. Right, maybe just me being able to share to share what what I'm struggling with. Maybe that already being able to get it out of my head and off my heart. Maybe that's gonna be you know enough of a push to to actually go into you know into yeah, the next
0: step. For sure, yeah. I know when I was reflecting back in our last episode with Kristen, like I kind of as i was talking through i realized that most of my ruts that i've been through were, were because i wasn't like doing the work with like you said with a capital w like it, it it was because i like for me my work looks like going to meetings doing service but also doing the podcast and planning local events for like the queer sober community and like doing all of that work and like when i get ahead on the podcast and i postpone some events and there's like that couple weeks where i'm not doing the work like I'll notice that I'm kind of feeling that rut, but like, of course, cause I'm not doing the work there, 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 ha- there have been times where I feel like I'm doing everything though. And it hasn't worked. I mean, what, what do you recommend people do when they, when they, when they are doing the work, but not feeling the results?
1: Oh God. Ooh, that's a really good question. And a really big <laughs> question. Okay. So there's trust the process. Number yeah. one, <laughs> I think again, here community really helps where you where you can go and be understood by people and be like you know i i feel like i'm doing all of the work and i'm not seeing the results is this normal right Mm -hmm. you're gonna get a few dickheads who are like no it's not normal maybe you're not doing the work properly and then you're gonna get some other people who are like girl i am so far like i'm so much further behind you like you're doing amazingly already shut the fuck up this is great and then you're going to get some other old timers who will be like, "Yeah, it's fine, maybe trust the trust the process, <laughs> yeah. right? It will come in its own time." And I think that can be that that in itself can be a game changer of just being like, "Okay, I'm not the only one who's doing this wrong," right? "Quote unquote." And again, I mean, this is going to be my answer for for many of them, but but like, if you feel like you're doing all of the work and you are not seeing the results, and other people are maybe hinting that perhaps you're not working in the right way for you or for this project or for this time see who you can get help from Mm -hmm. right is there a mentor is there a sponsor is there a coach is there a therapist is there somebody who can kind of walk through it with you and see if there's any other way for you to get to get results Mm -hmm. or can you you know can you rejig the results that you think that you're that you deserve (laughs) right that you deserve to get like what are you doing all of this work for? Are you doing all of this work to get the presidential medal of freedom? Or are you doing this work to be a happy, healthy in your own way, well-rounded individual? If, if it's the latter, then you are the one who decides, you know, yay, congratulations. Give yourself, buy yourself some flowers. Yes. <laughs> this is great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now I'm going to have that new Miley Cyrus song stuck in my head. Yeah, I right. know. Me,
1: me too. I've had it. Yeah. For you. It feels
0: And if a listener was struggling in their recovery, what advice do you have for them?
1: Talk, reach out, find someone, find a group. If you are, if a 12 step program does not feel right for you, find something that isn't 12 stepy, right? Find someone. If you don't want anybody that you know to know, create an anonymous Facebook account, create an anonymous Instagram account. Like it, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be everything. You know, you don't have to bear your soul and your face and your fucking social security number like yeah. all at the same time. Um, but do reach out and find find somebody because I mean, the whole thing about service, whether it's in whether it's within a, a twelve step program or whether it's just like I've got sober and so I'm reaching out my hand to other people. I think most of us in recovery do that. You know, at some point, it kind of comes naturally to us to be like, "Come over to the fun side of the island, right? Come over, come over here. Like, can I help you? Maybe yeah, I can I
0: you?" Yeah. Excellent. Do you have any last thoughts or bits of pearls of wisdom on overcoming ruts? Yes. Hang on.
1: <laughs> I wrote. I wrote something down. Figure out what the problem is, right? Get clear on what the rut is, what it's what it's representing, what is it the rep- representing, then figure out if at all possible, if you can do this by yourself, congratulations, if you need a therapist or a coach or somebody to walk through it with you, that's great, that's what we, we are here for, figure out what the need is underneath, right, the underlying need, I still think of cravings as toddler messengers to say there is some kind of need that is not being met. Right now. And I know that if I get if I get a craving for alcohol, I'm like, okay, all right, where's the where's the messenger? (laughs) Like, what is this craving? What is this need? Then once you've identified the need, it's a simple process of thinking, okay, right, is this a need that I can meet? Right? Or how can I meet this need? In what way? What's the what's a goal that is realistic that I can set myself? And once you've got the goal, you define the steps and then you take the first one and then you take the second one and then you take the third one and then you meet it. And uh, slightly simplified, uh, (laughs) obviously, but that's pretty much the process. Identify the problem, figure out the need, goal, steps, Mm -hmm. do it, um, take an action.
0: Wonderful. And if someone wanted to connect with you to talk more or possibly get some coaching or some guidance, how would they find you?
1: they would find me on the instagram and the facebook just under joe walduck so joe J J O, the french came in then j-o walduck w-a-l-d-u-c-k uh, and my website will be live again by then and that's just joewalduck.com
0: perfect excellent yeah. well stick around because i hear you want to talk about diet culture
1: I don't want to talk. I want to run. Excellent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're interested in hearing more about Joe and our thoughts on diet culture, head on over to our Patreon page at patreoncom gay And if you're interested in sharing your story or just saying hi, I'm an email away at gayapodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at gayapodcast. Be sure to follow us wherever you're listening so you can get these new episodes when they come out each Thursday. Until next time, stay sober, friends.